Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. My name is Donna, and I am a compulsive overeater. Uh, (laughs) I love the waves. Um, I was asked to speak this morning on on the tools, and I thought to myself originally, oh, I don't know. What do I know about the tools? And then I thought that they are just an integral part of my life as I began to think about this. I came into program in 1984. As of Ash Wednesday this year, and I am a Christian, so I will speak as God of God as my higher power. Um, but as of Ash Wednesday, 33 years ago, I have been abstinent. Um, so I um, believe in this program. Because of that abstinence, I maintain about a 100-pound weight loss. Um, I will say to you that I did not come into this program looking for weight loss. Uh, even though I was nearly 300 pounds when I came into the program. Um, I came in looking for spirituality, and I walked into my pastor's office one day, and I said, you know, Dave, there just is no Christ in my Christmas, and I don't know what's going on in my life. And he said to me, well, oddly enough, there's a guy who came, and he wanted to start a spiritual growth program. And so I went. Um, Ernie came to the program, a compulsive overeater and a recovering alcoholic, and introduced the 12 steps as a means of spiritual growth. Uh, After hearing that he was a compulsive overeater, I began to ask some questions, and oddly enough, he invited me to a meeting and said this. He said, we go to breakfast first, and then we go to a meeting, and I said, there is no way in hell I am going to a breakfast with a bunch of compulsive overeaters. That's not going to happen. So I did just go to the meeting. Um, and again, oddly enough, they were reading my life story. Uh, and you'll find at the, uh, end of the, how it works section in the big book, which is all that we had at the time. Uh, there's a story about the director and that was me. I was in charge of everything. I could orchestrate everything. I could make everything work. And if it didn't, God help the person who didn't make it work. So... <laughs> Uh, I couldn't believe, as I sat at that meeting, that they were reading my life story. I went back three or four times a week for all the time that I lived in Chicago, which was up until about 15 years ago. Um, I would go to a meeting three or four times a week. I would often pick up Rosha and we would go to meetings together uh, or get lost on the way, depending on what we were doing. Um, but meetings were very, very important. So as again, as I looked at these tools, I thought to myself, where would I be without meetings today? Um, I would be nowhere. I would be dead, most likely. Uh, I would weigh a ton. They would need a, a piano case to get me out of the house. Um, I was a compulsive overeater. I am a compulsive overeater. I was a grazer. And what fun it was that I worked in a restaurant and sometimes 12 or 15 hours a day. And you know, you just start eating when you get there and you finish eating when you leave. And, uh, and even if it was a short day, the eating continued into the evening. Um, and I didn't care what I grazed on. It, it could be sweets, it could be lettuce, I didn't care as long as I was sticking something in my mouth all the time. Um, so I began to go to these meetings. Uh, Ernie became my sponsor and he was a very strict sponsor. He didn't let you mess around. 
So I worked the steps, uh, went through all 12 of the steps, but I did not get abstinent. As I turned my life and my will over to the care of God, I turned my uh, children, first of all, and I was a single mom of four and I had the children from hell. And um, today I can tell you that every one of those four children um, are blessings in my life. Our, our um, relationships are fantastic. Our, uh, just they, they are all wonderful people and contributors to their community. So I am very proud of them. Uh, not sure that I would be without this program and without turning them over to God. The next thing I turned over to God was my money. Um, I was very poor at handling money. Again, I was divorced. I had four kids. We had a house, but we didn't have a lot of income. Uh, my work at the uh, hotel was um, pretty, was not really lucrative, but it, it, it paid the bills if I chose to pay the bills. And that was the problem. Uh, and we lived in a way that would, sometimes we would come home and there would be no water, there would be no telephone, there would be no heat or no lights. After six months in this program, after turning my life and my will and my children and my money over to the care of God, um, I gave up my $35 car and I bought a brand new Yugo. Uh, I had all my bills paid. I got to be on the budget plan for gas and electricity. Uh, and life was just good as far as uh, finances went. I was still not abstinent, uh, but my life was changing, and I could see that it was because of this program. I began to sponsor people, but I would tell them, I will sponsor you as a spiritual sponsor, but not as an abstinent sponsor, because I'm not abstinent. So um, using all the tools, again, the meetings, the telephone, the writing when I absolutely had to, because I hate to write, uh, but I used it when I had to, especially when my sponsor handed me a pen and paper and said, here, these are magic, they do fourth steps. And so I began to write using that tool. Um, as I said, I began to sponsor, and I sponsored many people in program and still continue today uh, to sponsor people from Chicago that call me daily uh, to check in, to check in with food, to talk about what's going on in their lives. Uh, and right now, that is my OA connection until I found these meetings on Zoom. Where I live is very limited. Uh, we had two meetings. They were very small, and they are both gone now. Um, so I do keep in touch with my OA people. I thank God for Rosha because she is my main connection. Uh, she keeps me on in line, and when I misbehave, she yells at me a lot. Uh, but we... Uh, <laughs> I am so, so very grateful for her being in my life. Uh, again, thankful for the telephone so that we can use it, even if we're texting and not talking. Uh, the telephone is a super important tool in my life today. Uh, literature was always a good tool in my life. Uh, the big book I read from back to front many, many times. Um, I prefer the big book to the OA 12 and 12. And should anyone ever look at the history of the 12 and 12. I was on the board of trustees as it was written and I was the only one on that board that voted against it. So, <laughs> um, so I use it now because that is uh, what people prefer. And so I do go to it periodically, but I am a big book person. Um, so I use the literature quite a bit. Uh, on Ash Wednesday, 33 years ago, um, I changed my abstinence, which had gone from the grazing 
to three feasts a day. I decided I could eat three times a day and not have to eat in between, but it was everything that I could devour in an hour. Um, as of Ash Wednesday, 33 years ago, I gave up sugar. And I said to myself, okay, it's for 40 days, it's no big whip, I can do this. Um, and actually, up until 31 years ago, I was sugar-free. Um, my children all got married. Wedding cake never called to me. All those wonderful Italian cookies my aunts would bake never called to me. Um, and I stayed abstinent and sugar-free for 31 years. I had surgery 31, or what, is that two years ago? Um, and I couldn't eat. And so the only things I could do were have yogurt or um, soft things, uh, shakes, that kind of thing. I am allergic to artificial sweetener. So I had to go with the things that had some sugar in them. Today, my abstinence is five small meals a day, limited white flour, very little natural sugar if I have to have any at all. Um, and I still work with that uh, and have for the last two years. So um, that's my plan of eating. My plan of action is just simply to keep on every day, to know that God is with me every day, to know that if I work this program, if I use these tools, if I still reach out to people, if I sponsor when I can, if I find meetings, I can go to use the telephone, write when I have to, uh, read the literature, that I can maintain my abstinence, my sanity, my serenity. Those are the things that are important to me. Um, I was insane when I came into this program. Uh, I am Ten now. Go, Donna. Yeah, pardon me? Ten? Minutes. Ten minutes more. Okay, so I am um, a little more sane today than I was when I walked through these doors in 1984. Um, I am a firm believer of life beginning when you are 40 because I was 40 when I walked into the doors. Um, what this program has allowed me to do today because of my uh, use of these tools, um, I am a lay pastor in a Methodist church. I have, uh, am the director and creator of a dinner church for homeless. I am uh, recently a graduate of college because I never had a chance to go when I was younger. So two years ago, I got my bachelor's degree. Um, I just have been able to maintain uh, and continue my life in ways that I never, ever expected. I had people who have known me for many, many years and when they found out this new path I was taking when I was actually called by the Methodist Church and asked to take the church after taking a couple of classes in, in their lay program. Um, and I had many, many friends who said to me, I cannot believe you're going to be on that side of the pulpit. And I said, neither can I. This is not my plan. But God has me in his hands and he has my plan of action uh, in his hands. So I try real hard. I have an OA friend who once said, if you want to make God laugh, make plans. And I know that that is so really real. So I try not to make too many plans. I try not to walk into too many walls. I try to turn around if I find that I can't get through a door and uh, know that somehow or another God has opened that window at the other end of the hall. And again, my good friend once said to me, you know, God always opens, you know, when he closes the door, he always opens the window, but waiting in the hall is hell. And, uh, and those are things that I truly believe. So, um, so I wait, and I wait to see what he has in store for me today. 
Um, I did service in this program. Uh, I think from the time I walked in the doors, even if it was making coffee or setting up chairs, I have served on every level of the uh, of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I did uh, a year or so as a trustee. I was chair of an intergroup. I was chair of the region. I was vice chair of the region. Uh, I began new intergroups. Uh, service kept me healthy. Sponsoring kept me abstinent because I had to be accountable for people or to people to, to be in those places where I could serve. And by being accountable, um, I had to remain abstinent. I had to look as good as I was going to look and knowing that I am, uh, even today, I can get into the suit I wore when I graduated high school uh, and I have that suit. Um, <laughs> I can still wear it. Uh, I, so I was never a small woman. Uh, I was never a small child. I think I was, I was born overeating. <clears throat> and if I go back into my childhood, I remember aunts and uncles telling me that I would go from house to house at the age of two. We were Italian and we all lived on the same block. Every house had an aunt or an uncle or a cousin in it. And I would tell them I hadn't eaten and there was pasta sauce all over my clothes. So uh, from the time that I can remember hearing stories about myself, I was a compulsive overeater. Today, I am not a compulsive overeater. Food doesn't hold me uh, hostage at all. I have no fear of traveling, uh, and I have traveled extensively. Um, I have cruised and found that no one shoves food down my mouth. It is all up to me, what I take, what I eat, what I use um, to get through um, trials and triumphs. And for me, what I use to get through trials and triumphs are these tools. I attended a meeting in Chicago where um, they requested that for that meeting, they put prayer and meditation on their list of tools. Um, and this once, as I, when I was on the uh, board of trustees, this actually went through um, the OA, uh, what's the word I want? Anyway, uh, through the World Service Office. Um, and through our conference, uh, our World Service Conference, a request to add prayer and meditation to the tools, and it was denied. But for me, it is a great tool. I need downtime. I need prayer. I need time to work the 10th and 11th steps uh, to make sure that I have not caused any harm during the day, and if I have, to make amends for it right away. Uh, and that's my prayer and meditation time. Um, I do Tai Chi. I do yoga. Uh, when the pool, before the pool was closed, I'd swim a couple of miles every other day. Um, and those are my meditation times. So I like time by myself, but I also... Five minutes, Donna. Five minutes to go. Thank you. Uh, I also love time with my family and my friends. Um, I'm finding this isolation a little difficult to deal with because I'm not a stay-at-home person. Um, I'm not a sit-down-and-do-nothing person. Uh, so for me, this is a little difficult. But we are getting through one day at a time. And as I said, I know it is because God has us in his hands uh, or whoever your higher power is, has you in their hands. And so today I am just truly grateful to be here. Uh, I, I didn't talk about anonymity, but I'm going to tell you what, if I'm the only person that people see that can share the 12 steps, I don't care if they know who I am or where I came from. The big book says we will not be ashamed or want to hide our past. And that is so true for me today. So as far as anonymity goes, I'm here. If anybody needs me, wants me, uh, needs to talk, uh, I don't 
hide the fact that I have grown up in a 12-step program uh, and that that 12-step program has saved my life. And I thank you all for being here because you are such an important part of that life that I live today. So thank you.